everybody. Welcome to Hacking Into Security, your career-related cybersecurity show. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, the InfoSec recruiter, and regularly we'll be speaking with a variety of guests from industry leaders, entrepreneurs, senior specialists, and new people into the space. Each is sharing their story, views on the industry, and how others can navigate success in their careers. Okay, so we're here with another episode of Hacking Into Security. Today, we've got a very different type of episode. We're here with Francisco Morales from Canva. So Francisco works in talent acquisition for Canva, one of the, I guess, hottest tech companies in Australia at the moment. And we'd like to understand the perspectives of someone who's hiring, someone who actually helps businesses hire and what they look for. So there's job seekers out there, people that are open to new roles or transition to security can get some valuable insight from someone like Francisco. So first of all, thank you for coming on. And I guess, yeah, just who are you, first of all? So yeah, thanks for the introduction. That was a heck of an introduction. So yeah, my name's Francisco. Uh, everyone calls me Disco. I am the, uh, I guess, one of the recruiters at Canva focused on the engineering side. So traditionally, I've been more backend and infrastructure focused, but as the company's grown, uh, I've been moving into security, data engineering, engineering leadership, and all sorts of sort of different little sort of new areas. So for context, the business is about eight years old. I've been there for four years, but it's been an interesting journey because when I joined, it was about 60 people, definitely a startup, not profitable, you know, very early stages. And here we are, you know, four years later, over 900 people, four offices globally, you know, almost 400 engineers. It's a completely different beast, you know, heck of a ride, I guess. And I've learned a lot along, along the way. So hopefully that's useful to you. Hopefully <laughs> I can help you guys out. Awesome. So for the benefits of, of, I guess, the job applicants out there, there's recruitment, HR, talent acquisition, there's different types of roles out there. Can you give us some insight in terms of what do you do as a talent acquisition person? Absolutely. So it's it's very different. So I, I'm working internally, right? You have your internal rec- recruiters that work for the company, recruiting for the company they work for. You've got your external recruiters that work for agencies that have a broad portfolio of clients. I've been an agency recruiter. I've been internal since I started at Canva. And it's it's a different role. So what I do is not just about finding people that are well suited for the position. It's not about you know finding a CV that matches the brief. I have to consider things like the dynamics in the team, the cultural values of the company. I have to think about headcounts and budgets. You know, if we only have X amount of budget for two roles and there's one person that is that whole budget, we need to think about how to manage that. There's a lot of employer branding work that's done as well. So the way that we position our job adverts, you know, content that we release about what it's like to work at Canva. So uh, as an internal recruiter, I wear many hats, but I think at the core of it, I'm still sort of that front line, I guess, to the applicant. So when someone applies to a role at Canva, you know, I'm the first person that that application will hit. Okay. So talking of applicants, I know you mm. cover, I guess, a variety of different roles. I yeah. Mean, how many, I guess, applications would you receive from job adverts and how do you go through that and what's your process? Right. I mean, it's, it's definitely changed over time. So I think the first year that I worked at Canva, we had maybe 3,500 applications for the year. This past year, we had over 50,000 applications across oh. the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it, we're, I, can, I can tell you right now, looking at sort of one Jan forward, we're most likely going to eclipse that probably halfway through the year. So the volume is actually going up, which I think has to do with the brand you know, reputation. But currently, I probably average across my portfolio roles about 1,000 to 1,200 applications a month. Bloody hell. Yeah. So yeah. How do you... Yeah. What's your process and how do you go through that? 
Well, it, it, um, to be honest, it's, it is, it's getting harder. Hire more recruiters is one answer. And we do have a, a fairly large team these days. I think there's 11 people in talent acquisition at Canva. So we do spread the, the risk. But as a recruiter, you have to have a, a process. So my process is every morning, the first hour, do nothing, no emails, nothing, just review applications, read cover letters, make sure that I'm getting across them. We don't have any automated CV screening software. A lot of companies do use that. So, and then we'll get into this later, how you key your CV and what words you use actually do matter depending on where you're applying. We're trying to avoid that as much as we can, just because one of our values as a company is to you know be a good human, which means you should probably have a human ensuring that you review, you know, your application is being reviewed and read. So I can normally get through an application. Like if someone applies, I can normally get to their application within three or four days. So it's pretty quick still. And out of interest, talking yeah. of applications, not trying to drop you in it at all, but let's say That's you, all right. you get an application through a CV or however it appears on your system. Yeah. How long do you spend, I guess, reviewing someone? You know, it really depends on the role. Some roles are very clear and there's, you know, absolutely, you know, must have experience, must have experience with X platform. If it's not on the CV, there's nothing I can do. So that's usually a quick one. If it's like, you know, must have this technology and it's a deal breaker for the hiring manager, then unfortunately it's a deal breaker for me. I can't do anything about that. So, So I would say anywhere between 20 seconds to a minute per application. Yeah, that's much, much better than what Google says. I remember doing some research for a CV workshop that I ran recently, and it said, yeah. I think the average was between six and 11 seconds. So, Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, I mean, because it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you see what you want and you're like, progress. Yeah. You realize, okay, probably not what we're looking for. Progress. And then you get those that are sort of in the middle. It's like, oh, like they've got some relevant experience here, but they don't have that exact technology, but but there's transferable skill there. And then the human in me is like, oh, benefit of the doubt. And, and usually I will. I'll, I'll, I'll tee them up for a call or if I have specific questions, I'll send them an email first to get those answers. Because you know, oftentimes people do have experience. They just haven't really put it on their CV or didn't highlight it uh, in yeah. a way that it sort of you know, hits the high manager in the face. So given some context, I guess you've been working with recruitment for a long time. Too long. <laughs> yeah, I think we all say that. Yeah, I know. How many people would you say you've actually helped Canva hire in the last four years, as an example? I looked it up. As of this morning, 140 people when I've hired at Canva. So, and that's, I did, I did the rough numbers. If you look at the size of the engineering team now, you factor in sort of natural attrition. It's about 30% of the engineering team. Congratulations. Busy. (laughs) Thanks, man. They've got their money's worth then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's actually, it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun. So, I mean, I have no complaints, no regrets there. So, so for someone who clearly sees a lot of CVs, helped Canva hire a lot of people, what do you think makes a good candidate? Do you mean like on paper or just kind of the overall, like, you know, when you say good candidate, do you mean like good candidates and like, I've looked at their CV and that's all I have, or like actually like as a person as well? Uh, to be honest, both, because I think both sides are actually important. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's, you know, I will say it varies by company, right? So in a previous life before Canva, when I was an agency recruiter, I I started in fintech recruitment. So I worked with a lot of high frequency trading firms and banks and like tech startups and that were in finance and they all had very different cultures. There were a few companies that I worked with where 
it was all tech skills. It was all, what can you do? Don't care if you're a bad person. Like if you're, you know, a phenomenal technologist will hire you. Right. And, and those were the, the harder places to work. You know, I get stories of like phones being thrown across the trade floor and stuff. So, you know, in, in some companies, it's all about tech. You know, they don't, they don't care about you as a person. I think in other companies, and I think this is becoming much more prevalent, culture is becoming more important. I think the days of, you know, the company woman or the company man are, are gone, right? It's not like, like people don't feel like they owe a company something because they have a job, right? People have choices, especially software engineers. You know, they, they, if they're like, I don't really like the vibe here, I'm going to go somewhere else. They're going to get a job somewhere else. So I think one, I think to, to answer the question on point, it's, it depends on the company, but then it depends on what's more important. So in our case, you know, we're trying to build these highly collaborative teams. We want to have a very diverse and inclusive environment. So the first thing is the demeanor, personality, alignment of values to our company values. That's actually what we discussed first. So I think a good candidate needs to align to your company values, whatever they are. I think that's a relative thing. But then obviously there's the second half to that, like, can they do the thing you need them to do? So obviously, yeah, you know, they've got to be a good fit from a values and, and, and personality perspective, but they need to be able to do the job. One of my favorite examples is I remember recruiting for a Java engineer and I got an application that came through and there was no Java on it, no actual development experience on it. But under the skills section, it said forklift driver. And then in parent, and I was like, oh, at least they can drive a forklift. In parentheses, it said unlicensed. I was like, so they can how do they learn how to drive a forklift if they don't have a license to drive a, you know? And that's an extreme example. But obviously that person did not have the skills for the job and unfortunately was, was not called back. But I think uh, a good candidate is going to be a good blend of culture values and as well as like, you know, I guess I don't like the phrase ticking boxes, but they will kind of tick the sort of three or four key criteria for the role, this technology or this skill set or this background and potentially this education, which I don't, place a lot of weight on that. I don't think people need degrees to, to do IT stuff, but other companies do. So it varies. Yeah. That's interesting. So the second per or the second person in a row that I've, I've basically interviewed with, and they said the same thing as well. Yeah. Education. So going back to, I guess, company culture, yeah. company values, mm. can, you, can you assess that on paper or is that something you do just in person? No, it's hard to. It's hard to, to be honest. I mean, sometimes, well, okay, yes and no. If you send me a, a CV with no context, it's very hard to assess that. So some people say never send in a cover letter. I say always send in a cover letter because I think a cover note, even if it's just a paragraph or two, it doesn't have to be really in depth, explaining why you're interested in the role and what it is about the company that got your attention or you know what motivated the application, I think can start that discussion. I've had lots of people say, yeah, look, I'm fairly junior in my career, but you know, I have friends that have used Canva. I've used Canva. It's allowed me to do something really interesting. And when I saw that you were hiring for this, I thought I would throw my hat in the ring and, and see if potentially there'd be an opportunity for me to work here. I see that and I see someone that is already kind of bought into the product, bought into what we're trying to do as a business and the workforce that we're trying to, to build and maintain. So yeah, that person's going to get a call, you know, more likely to get a call rather than, than someone who just sends in a blank CV with, with no context. So there are ways to do that. And I think that's one of them. That's one way to get a sense of what they're about. Well, so shows like give a crap as well and they've taken the time to do it. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's important as well. You know, we're hiring people for the long term. We traditionally don't hire contractors. So pretty much everybody at Canva is a full-term employee and, you know, they, they get equity and, and stock options in the business. So, you know, we want them to be invested because we're all owners of the company in some way. Right. And when someone writes in the letter before you've even spoken to them that they're, they love what you're doing, 
and they want to know more, that's someone that I think is probably worth, you know, discussing. Right. And I, and I've said this before, you know, when you're looking at, you know, are they 100% there technically from the requirements list? You can have someone who's 100% there and like completely misaligned on the cultures and value side. And that's probably not someone you want to hire. But if you have someone that's 100% aligned on the value side and say 75% there on the tech side, that is still someone that's willing to put the time in, like you said, give a crap. And ultimately what I find is over the, over the long term, they end up becoming your most productive employees. That makes sense. So there's something to be said for that. So next question. So... CV cover letters, they, they could be helpful. What mm-hmm. other things can someone do to maybe help themselves stand out with an application? Yeah, I mean, I think that the first thing is that I think every applicant, and I, I forget this at times, but it's a competitive process, right? So when you apply to a role, you're not the only person applying to that role. So, you know, you're naturally being compared against everybody else that's in that sort of cohort of, of CVs. And the second thing is, and I didn't sort of, and again, I I don't know how to say this without sounding douchey, but like recruiters are really busy. <laughs> so you really only have, you know, a few, like we said, a few seconds to really make an impact. So another thing that I always recommend is that in addition to a cover letter, tailor the CV itself to the particular role. So for example, you, you see a job description on a website, pay attention to the language that they use, pay attention to the requirements, pay attention to the responsibilities. And when you're fleshing out your your CV and your experience and your most mostly relevant in the current role and maybe previous role, tweak the language a bit to sort of match that language. Sometimes you get lucky, you know, you send your CV and the hiring manager reads it, you're a developer, they're a developer, they can read between the lines and, you know, it's fine, you don't have to do that. But that's often not the case. Certain companies, you have an HR person that's really not technical reviewing the CV. So they're literally looking at the PD in one hand, looking at the CV in the other, and if it doesn't match up, that's it. So it is really important to tailor each CV towards each particular application because I think you're going to get a much higher hit rate. You know, I think it makes the recruiter's life easier. So cover letter, tailored CV, I think those are the two most high impact things that you can do. And I'd say a third thing, and I actually really appreciate this, is you don't want to be too pushy, but if you can figure out who the actual recruiter is or whoever's in charge of the application, just drop them a really nice note on LinkedIn saying, hey, just reaching out to let you know I'm really interested in your role. I've sent through an application. Let me know. And I think that's quite nice. I appreciate that. Sometimes you can be a bit too pushy. Like what I wouldn't recommend is like, trying to bulldog your way in and like, oh, just talk to me for 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, send me a CV. And they're like, no, 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 talk to me first. It's like, no, dude, there's like 500 other people I have to call. Like, give me something to work with. That's a bit too much. But I think cover letter, yeah, CV, a little, little, little note saying that you're interested, I think is, is a good way to, to make a good first impression, show that you're keen and at the same time, not be too pushy or monopolize anybody's time. Yeah. I think how how you phrase it's really important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Hi, this is a quick break. First of all, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And secondly, I'm Ricky Burke. I'm Director of CyberSec People. This is my full-time job. Um, CyberSec People is a leading cybersecurity recruitment company. We support companies in hiring the best people in the industry, and we do this through our industry knowledge, connections to the industry, and handling of recruitment processes. If your organization is hiring or will be hiring cybersecurity professionals, please do reach out and see how we can help. Take care. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. What are your, what are your thoughts? Because it, it doesn't happen too often, but I know some people do this. Mm-hmm. On people that have interviewed, sending an email after, send, as a thank you email, thanks for your time and look forward to hearing some feedback. 
You know what? I it, it doesn't actually happen very often, but I think it's always appreciated. If it's again, it depends on how you phrase it. You know, if it's like ten minutes after the interview, you got to remember again that interviewers have other responsibilities. You know, they're delivering on this, and they've got other other you know people they're mentoring and managing and all sorts of crazy things. You know, interviewing is a small piece of of, of what they do you know, in a day. I think a nice follow-up saying, oh, thanks so much for your time, you know, went really well on my side, regardless of how it goes, you know, thank you very much. That's lovely. When it's like, hey, it was really great. How did I do? Tell me. And, you know, chasing the hire manager for feedback, like every day for two days, probably not because it is, it's actually stressful for them. Right. But also, you know, it, it, it doesn't set the right tone because oftentimes after an interview, your hiring managers do need to take their notes, sit down, think about it, process it and write those things down. And that might take a day. You know, they might do that at the end of the day or first thing in the morning, the next day, and you've got to give them that breathing room to really process how it went. If you seem too pushy and too keen, then, you know, alarm bells start going off and that might taint the outcome. So you got to be very careful. Yeah. You you never want to be too keen either. I think, or appear appear desperate. Correct. Correct. As someone who hires different types of roles and obviously Mm. you've seen a business effectively grow and, and security is becoming a more, I guess, important part of that. Where mm-hmm. do you see the opportunities for people in the industry in terms of security or people that want to get into security? Oh, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? If you would have asked me that question when I started recruitment in Australia 10 years ago, I would have said banks, telcos, large corporates, I would have said enterprise, right? But I think, you know, we've seen a shift, especially in the last kind of five years where a lot, you know, there's a lot more happening in the startup space. And I guess this Canva is a good example of that. You know, when I joined, it was this rinky-dink startup. Now, you know, we're, we're doing really well. And I think now the opportunities are very different. A lot of these companies, as they're evolving and growing, need to build a lot of tooling, right? So whereas in a large enterprise environment, there's a lot of vendor platforms, there's a lot of vendor technology, you have a lot of consultants on site. Often these companies will be looking for someone to come in and be that subject matter expert in a particular area, whether it's AppSec, whether it's incident response, right? Whether it's data protection, right? Things like that, especially on the compliance side, you know, when you're a little startup with nothing to lose, it's like, yeah, you know, we, we think we're doing it right. And, you know, you've got your, your lawyers telling you what to do. And then at a certain point, it's like, no, we actually need someone who's got some background in, you know, technology and organizational risk. You know, you need to start looking at how you build your product features and start baking security into that, right? So you need people to come in and actually show your engineers what secure coding practices and what secure development actually is. So I think in terms of your question, like there are, I don't think there's any one area that's hotter than another, but I think the types of roles that I'm seeing now in the security domain versus what I saw back then are very different. I'm noticing that a lot of you know product companies like Canva and many of the other ones that that have sprouted in the last couple of years are really looking for developers that also understand security or like a DevOps infrastructure specialist like DevSecOps. There you go. That also has that security side. So they need to have that blend of security thinking and problem solving, but also have the technical chops to actually do the things. Whereas I think traditionally it was like you were the security expert, but you know you would have another team to do the things. And I'm seeing now that a lot of companies are looking for more of that hybrid ourselves and most of our competitors, really. So, yeah. So how could someone demonstrate that to you? So whether they're a developer or an infrastructure person right now, how could they say to you as the recruiter, Mm -hmm. I'm not in a security role, but I can help you with security? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's that's a conversation that I, I tend to really welcome. Because, you know, if they've touched in the past, like things that I'll look for, right? If they haven't been, say, a 
security, you know, application security engineer somewhere before, but they've got a really strong development background. I'll look for evidence that, you know, they actually have some sort of interest in that space. I see a lot of software engineers that have gone and gotten, you know, master's degrees in cryptography. I'm like, okay, that's someone that's like, obviously into it because they spent money to learn it. You know, you look at, at courses and stuff like that. I always welcome that discussion because I think that's an opportunity that businesses have that I don't think many businesses are taking advantage of. Like if you've got a security practice and you want to grow, you might have engineers in your own workforce that could potentially be really interested in this area. Yeah. And you can provide an avenue for them to get into security via your own company, right? Generally speaking, and this is just my experience as a recruiter, and I think you can relate, when someone feels like they've topped out in terms of opportunity in their current role or in their current company, what do they do? Look for another job. You know, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go here. If you as a business can provide a pathway for them to cross train and cross skill into something new, I think that, you know, one, you retain your good staff. Two, you've got the subject matter expertise and you're blending that with the application side of things or the infrastructure side of things. So you then have two experts working together on solving bigger problems instead of trying to look for that unicorn that can do it all out there in the market. So I think there's lots of ways to approach that, but you just need to flag it really. When someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm interested in Canva. I saw you're hiring a security engineer. I've never worked as a security engineer, but I'm a really strong developer and you know, I've done all these training courses. That's worth a chat because that's someone that we could see potential in and potentially develop into a more fully fledged security sort of engineer. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's the way that we're seeing the industry go at the moment, and I think it's a good yeah. message. I think particularly for businesses, how they can solve this so-called cybersecurity skills crisis or yeah, by being flexible. Because sometimes you may have the staff already, like, or they're already doing security things in their spare time to upskill themselves because they're already interested. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, I find that, you know, your startups tend to be a bit more progressive and kind of open to that. I think you're more larger, rigid organizations. It's kind of like, well, no, 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 but we hired you to do this. And it's a bit harder to, to jump out. But I mean, we found that in the instances where we've done that, where we've, you know, sort of pulled someone from another area, um, sort of embedded them in security and have them sort of cross skill a bit, they tend to be extremely effective because they know the system inside and out. Now they know how to approach, you know, the, the security, I guess, that sort of security lens, I guess, you know, they can sort of then apply that to what they're doing. And that's something that they can then replicate throughout the business, right? So, you know, you're enable them to enable others. And I think that's really important. And I think that you're right, that is one way to sort of solve some of those sort of skills gaps, you know, it's still it's, it's hard to do, right? And it takes a lot of time. And it is an investment, because effectively, you know, your security specialists are mentoring these people in some way. And that does mm. pull time away from, you know, their core responsibility. So there's a balance there. Yeah, I think it's safe to say, well, at least both of us, or at least my perspective, that it's pretty hard to hire good people, no matter what uh, area. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. yeah, for sure. For sure. Look, I really appreciate your time. And thanks for sharing the insights of someone who helps a fast-growing business hire a lot of people. So hopefully yep. some people can get something from that and maybe rethink their applications, CVs, and how they can structure things to give themselves a better chance. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I like, and you know, I, I think the most important part is, and this is the key takeaway, I would say, like, as a job seeker, as an applicant, your job is to, you know, it's a sales document at the end of the day, it's what a CV is. And your job is to get someone, you know, at your target business to buy. And I think the best way of doing that is by highlighting the experience and strengths that they're looking for using their, you know, don't cut and paste the job description, but I mean, you know, make sure that the wording aligns with 
what they're looking for so it feels like a good match. Make sure that if, if it's not obvious why you're applying, that you make it so in that sort of cover note. I think that in and of itself, just those two tweaks can really you know, make or break a, do I interview them, do I not interview them sort of decision. And I find that you know, from my perspective, at least at Canva, when someone explains why Canva, why they're interested in the role, like they've just saved me 10 minutes of screening. So, okay, yeah, no, that sounds good to me. Let's learn more. As opposed to just a blank CV with the expectation of, you know, magically getting an interview. The problem is if you just send in a generic CV, it's going to look just like the other 800 generic CVs and it's not going to really come to the surface. So I think that is the key takeaway. That's all I got, really. <laughs> I got interview tips, that's it. <laughs> no, that's, well, they're very welcome. And so just on that note of copy and pasting job descriptions, I, I've, I'm, well, I'm sure you have as well, but I have seen that happen. I have as well, yeah. It's, I've seen typos. I've actually seen typos in the job description be put into the CV. Don't do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll know. <laughs> it's not a good look. No, no, it's not. It's not. Well, again, it, it doesn't show, it, it shows a lack of effort, if anything, right? You know, I mean, it really only takes 10 minutes to think about what you want to say and drop it into a cover letter, you know, and if you can't spend 10 minutes on the application, then it's, it's, it's obvious that probably, you know, there are going to be other candidates in that pile of a thousand that are much more keen, much more willing to, you know, get into the, the intricacies of, of what problems you're trying to solve. So yeah, you know, don't, don't, don't be the guy that or the gal that yeah that, that copies and pastes. Disco, thank you for your time and thanks for sharing your insights. Yeah, no, sir. I hope it was useful. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Take care. All right, cheers, buddy. Thanks for listening. And if you've got any questions, comments, please reach out to me. You'll find me online anywhere, CyberSec Ricky. And if you would like to be involved in the future, maybe be a guest and then reach out as well. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Bye.